Here we go. John Curley, Sherry Elliker Show, starring Sherry Elliker and J- J- oh, Jackie Gleason. <laughs> I almost forgot who you're starring with. What was his favorite line? The To the Moon? What is to it? To the Moon. Yeah, Alice to the Moon. Alice to the Moon, yes. Yeah. That was when I- uh, husbands were allowed to threaten to punch their wife all the way to the moon. I'd like you to use that today. <laughs> you can do it. You're just at me. I don't have to offend anybody. I won't be offended. Alice to the moon. To the moon. <laughs> right. There we go. Dive again. To the moon, Alice. To the moon. Crazy times. Mm-hmm. Crazy times. Lost on you, Jacob, I might add. I see that look on your face. That's right. The name sounds familiar. Okay, good. By the way, we will get to that story, which I'm sure you're bringing it up because it seems like we always talk about people that are, haven't been famous for a long time. How long does it take? How many years until we decide that the person's no longer relevant or no longer considered a celebrity or no longer considered famous? The clock is ticking on you right now, Sherry. <laughs> the clock has stopped on me. <laughs> I have no, no, no worries about that. Please. You don't have anybody come up to you and go, excuse me, are you Sherry Elliker? You haven't gotten that? Uh, in my life, sure. Oh, I used to get it all the time, but not now. <laughs> okay. No. no, not now. But uh, yes, your name there... open any doors? Is, is it good for it, anything? It, it did in, in, uh, in a different time in my life. It actually did. It was pretty uh, interesting, yes. But now, I'm afraid not. And you've never actually had to say at any time, excuse me, do you know who I am? I I would I have not said that. No, I wouldn't okay. say that. that. Tell me that. Have you said that after oh you said? Never. Do you know if how you rich have I to, am? Listen, let me say. If you have no, if you have to say, do you know who I am? Then obviously the person doesn't know, and then you have to follow it up with, well, let me tell you, and then that's then you're just backfilling a lot of pain into your ego. All right, uh, news breaks. Oh my gosh, this news—it's crazy. I can't believe it. Uh, that uh, there is a division of part of the Department of Energy called, was it Division Z or Division X or something like that? Secret division. They have new information, and they now believe that it is possible, or what are they describing it as, that the lab leak theory might actually be the source of COVID. You had two. You had either it was man-made, came from the wet market, I mean, it was either natural, came from the wet market, jumped from one species to human, or it came from a lab, which was right next to where the wet market was. So those were the two. And when it first came out, of course, everybody was saying, oh, no, 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 no. It's not lab, can't be lab-based, not lab-based. And if you follow a great article done for the Vanity Fair a number of years ago, they were able to see that Peter Dasak, who works for EcoHealth Alliance, who gets paid $450,000 a year as a nonprofit, according to the IRS in 2019, was receiving money from his buddy Fauci. Part of the money he got from Fauci went to the Wuhan lab, about 600000 two years, three contracts, $6.5 million. When they first find COVID, Dasak writes a letter with Lancet gets Lancet to write this letter. Twenty some scientists say, listen, this idea that it came from a lab is ridiculous. In fact, it's even more than ridiculous. It's racist. 
And anybody who says that it's coming from the lab is racist. And this is going to cause more problems than ever. We're all in this together. So Dasek gets the money from Fauci, gives the money to the lab. The lab then creates a virus. It jumps, escapes from the lab, and then kills a million people in the United States, millions around the rest of the world. Dasek comes along and says, hey, we've got to stop this right away. Call anyone who says it came from a lab. Uh, a conspiracy theorist, and then accuse them of also being racist. That's sort of the backstory, as I have been able to put together and others have been able to see from all the research that I've seen on this thing. And now they're starting to go, you know what? It does look like it could possibly have come from that Wuhan lab. But Anything this is the not... Story stick at, is this new to you? No, I mean, it, it, it's it's not really a slam dunk for that particular theory when it comes to the intelligence community, because the Energy par- Department and the FBI think it was a mishap at the lab. However, four others believe it was natural transmission and two agencies are undecided, including the CIA. So mm-hmm. it, it's still in within their community it's still debatable where where it came from but Uh there are a few more people getting on board with this believing that the idea that it came from a bat just is implausible so this is a little uh, you refer this in the business as a mashup so this is when it first started talking about it could have possibly come from a lab there was tom cotton senator cotton when he wrote a letter and then the New York Times would after him. Ready, Ted? Ready, Bill? Let's go back into history. Fauci dismisses lab as source of virus. Ignore the conspiracy theories. The conspiracy that coronavirus was man-made in a lab in Wuhan, China. There is no reason to believe any of these conspiracy theories that it was leaked from the lab. A theory that's almost certainly not true. A conspiracy theory that the coronavirus originated inside a lab in China. Like it was a conspiracy of some kind. Lab wasn't source of virus. You can draw a line through it and say that it didn't happen. We know it didn't. The Wuhan lab could Conspiracy theory. Debunk conspiracy theory. The fringe theory that the virus came from a lab in Wuhan, China. Scientists debunk lab theory. The conspiracy theory about COVID coming from a lab in Wuhan. Oh my God, coronavirus came from Wuhan. The conspiracy theory. All right, ridiculous conspiracy theories. Debunked bunkum. Scientists know. Experts have more than enough evidence to show. Pants on fire. Lab conspiracy theories debunk. Put it in the conspiracy theory bucket. So you just call it a conspiracy theory. So right after Fauci came out and said, absolutely no way did it come from a lab, Peter Dasek writes him a letter, an email, sent it to him next day. Hey, thanks a lot for that. Certainly do appreciate it. Coming from such a trusted voice like yours, it really means a lot to us. And Fauci writes back a short little thing like, okay, or glad I could help or something like that. I still believe, I, I following the trail, I think it was Colonel Mustard in the study with the candlestick. I think it was some of our funding that we gave to EcoHealth Alliance, then went to the lab, comes out of this crappy lab, breaks out, gets out, produced there in the lab, and then spreads around the world. China destroys it. By the way, the only America that went over to, to the lab to help investigate where the World Health Organization was, Peter Dosak. The guy from EcoHealth Alliance that got the money from NIH goes over to the lab to investigate to see, oh, let's find out where it came from. Would you trust that guy to go over into the lab to try to find out the source of it when he had already determined that it was a conspiracy theory to think it could have possibly come from a lab? And anybody who thinks it came from a lab is a racist. 
I mean, you, you, who can you trust? That that's been you me. know you can't t- you can't trust the World Health me. Organization. You can't trust him. You can't trust Fauci. Who can you trust to come up with a definitive answer? It's going to be something that we never really know uh, unless there is someone, and it would have to be from the Wuhan lab itself. I think that would be uh, it would sing like a canary no. that they would that they you don't think. Um, the Batwoman originally, famous Batwoman, said, yeah, this has all the telltale signs that this is something that we, you know, created in the lab. The, the original guy that blew the whistle on the thing, he's dead. And anybody else there in China, I don't know how they'd sneak the stuff out. They destroyed as much as they possibly could. I don't know who is the whistleblower that gets the credibility that finally says, look, ties it all together and you'll find it. It's going to have to be through emails or it's going to have to be through phone calls or text messages or something that you connect all this dot. I get it. Look, you give the money to EcoHealth Alliance. They give the money because they're not allowed to do it in the United States. They give it over to China and they're trying to do something. Let's assume it's for the betterment of mankind. Let's just assume, mm-hmm. right? Because there's yes. too much of a leap to believe it's something else. So then you say they were trying to do this to see if we create, we supercharge this virus. Let's make the virus and then let's find out ways to destroy the virus. So they, let's say they make the virus, but then it sneaks out, breaks out. We know earlier in November in 2019, there was a letter sent to the Chinese officials from the lab saying, we've got a serious problem over here. So we actually then you'd go, well, wait a minute. Did we give the money to the lab that created the virus that killed all these people? Now the United States looks very, very bad. And St. Fauci looks really, really bad. And the NIH looks really, really bad. So just cut it, distance it, say that it came man-made, that nobody's to blame. And then anybody who says it was a, was coming from a lab, just call them a racist because that's the thing that destroys everybody. That's the super word that takes everybody's jobs away, that destroys everybody in public. You just hit them with the, the racist guns. <laughs> racist. <laughs> Frozen, can't do anything, which is what they did. Every time somebody would say, well, it came from a, came from a lab. Oh, oh, I see. So you, you want Asian Americans to be beaten up on the streets because that's what's going to happen. So... Well, here's Listen, what we're Fauci. to find out more about. Oh, Fauci said something about it today? He said if you look at the viruses that the Wuhan investigators were working with, anybody who even knows a little bit about virology will tell you that it would be molecularly impossible to turn those viruses into this virus. Even mm. if you deliberately try to do it, you couldn't do it. That's a fact. Mm. This virus. Which virus? The virus that it's turned into now? Or the original virus? The the viruses that they were working with in the lab that eventually became COVID. He's saying mm-hmm. it's a, it's an absolute impossibility. If you were doing this gain-of-function research, if you were trying mm-hmm. to manipulate this virus into something worse yeah. uh, or even different, he's saying that that's not possible with this virus. And it's just the but, same man that said the, va- the mass, you don't need mass, and then later on said you did. This is the same guy that said natural immunity will be at 70%, but then changed it to 80 because he think the American people were ready for that number. Is this the same guy? So we know he's lied before. Is he lying again? That's the question you'd ask you. You put him on the stand. Yes. Are you still lying? Yes, I, I know. So he's, he's either still lying or he's only telling the truth this once. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
Who's talking about this is more people saying the virus was It didn't come from a lab. This was not made by men. It was too clunky weird. The virus was not man-made. It's not man-made. Again, scientists are convinced that this is not man-made. It was not man-made. COVID-19 was not man-made. This virus definitely wasn't man-made. U.S. intelligence said that COVID-19 is not man-made. WHO says the virus could not be man-made. It's not man-made. Dr. Anthony Fauci is shooting down theories that the coronavirus was man-made. <laughs> The conspiracy theories suggesting the coronavirus was man-made it is very, very strongly leaning towards this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. Was not man-made or genetically modified. Not man-made or. Gen- That's right. Keep pounding away. That those are the old cuts. Now they're starting to look at it. Well, this could possibly have come from a lab. So then once you say, well, it's come from a lab, now we got a lot of explaining to do. China has to explain a few things. NIH does. World Health Organization does. And Facebook and Twitter and anybody on social media that kept taking down. If you put up that it came from a lab, you're a racist, so therefore we take it down. So now that people are saying it could have come from a lab, are they too also racist? According to these are rhetorical questions. Yes. Sure, yes. Know, okay. Right okay. Answer. The one thing there is one consensus of between all of the intelligence agencies, and that's that they all agree that COVID was not a result of a biological weapons program. So they're at least able to say, uh, with some level of certainty, that this was not an attempt by the Chinese government to create a biological weapon to be unleashed in the in the world it mm-hmm. however it happened it was an accident okay so the wet market theory which is very close to where the wuhan lab is and the wuhan lab is a place that's had other problems in the in the past where they've had some breakdowns in uh, protocol so we have a uh, a chinese lab that produces viruses that has had breakdowns in security before where they've had accidents occurred before we have information and we have the data and we see the evidence that they called officials higher up to say that they had a problem in november of 2019 so we have that so what was the accident that occurred that they were so upset about we now know that there was something happened. We knew that they were working with viruses there. Oh, ignore all of that and look about five blocks down the road to a wet market and some guy there ate a bat that had the virus and then it spread to the rest of the world. Or a laboratory that produces dangerous viruses that said, said sent information to the head officials in China. We've got a problem here. We have an accident that's occurred. Or the market. Mm -hmm. If you had a bet five bucks for fun, the lab that produces viruses or the market. I'm going lab. I'm going lab too. Yep. Going all. I'm going all in on lab. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's the reason this is essential is because what it does is it then begins to allow us to investigate where the money came from, who had it, who got it. Did we help inadvertently create this virus? That's it. People protecting themselves, all the emails to shut everybody down. Anyone who came out with it, the, uh, the Barrington Declaration that said, hey, there could be possibility of come from a lab. This could be a lab-produced virus. Destroy those people's lives. Destroy anybody in public. Take all of people's credibility and reputation and just 
crap all over it if they bring that up, which is exactly what the media did for two years. And now we start to get some idea. It is possible. They're looking into it possibly. Good news. I I hate getting all worked up on this stuff, but it just, I kept thinking, between the two, it just makes more sense. And then when you see and you read, I mean, Vanity Fair did a very, very big piece on it. And they sort of pointed to it's possible. And you see all the letters that went back and forth. Shut this down. And when they dump the racism part of it in there, that's the other part that, that, oh, if that doesn't stop them, then call them a racist. And then say, because they're saying it came from a lab, Asian Americans are getting beaten up on the street by a bunch of uh, white supremacists. Oh, my God. That's awful the way the media does what the media does. We're not part of that problem, are we, Jacob? I I don't know why I would be qualified to answer. Do you think? The question is, are we media? <laughs> I think technically speaking, yes. I don't know. I think we're we're mediatainment. In fact, there you go. Or or the original form form was uh, infotainment. No. News viewer. News news tainment, everybody. News tainment. Let's remember news-tainment. their motto. Okay. Okay. So uh, yes, we we'd be like a quarter percent. Maybe. When when people ask, I usually describe my job as news adjacent. <laughs> okay, take that. That's good. There we go. The Jack Early Shory Ellicker Show, starring Shory Ellicker and Jackie Gleason. Who's getting the dry humma hummas? Remember that one? Dry humma hummas. <laughs> I don't remember that. No. What is uh, that? That he uh, he had to speak at something and he got the dry humma 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 of um, the, the Jackie Gleason show. And, uh, yeah, the Dry Hum Hummus. There's some great stuff in there. Lark Carney. And the Flintstones were based on that show. Yes, there you go. Very good. Hey, uh, yeah, back to other news. This, what, what town did this happen where the people have the pizza shop? Columbus, Ohio. Ah, mm, well, apparently they're looking for some smart people. Oh, I, I laughed. I did laugh at it. Like, But I get it. I get the, where they're coming from, but I don't think it's, like, a bad idea. <laughs> Is that woman responding to our show or to this story? I can't remember. <laughs> Probably this both. Is the, okay, a pizza shop in Columbus, Ohio, puts up a sign that says they're they're hiring and they want non-stupid now hiring non-stupid people yeah. is written on a sign hanging outside of Santino's Pizzeria on the southwest side of Columbus. Some customers not bothered by it. I understand where they're coming from because, you know, you want someone to work here that's going to comprehend what's being ordered or service. Um, but it can be offensive. Um, but I'm here. A post on Facebook. Wait a minute. Who's it offensive to? And who's going to admit as a as a I, dumb I think... as a dumb person, I have to say, I'm really taken aback by that sign. I, I think it's anybody that gets offended by the word "stupid." Okay, 
Okay, moving on. Facebook had more positive comments than negative. A lot of people saying they thought it was funny, which is exactly how the owners say they meant it. It's more humor than anything. It's not meant to like target anyone like that or be rude. Jaden Dunnigan has been working in her parents' shop for years. Thank you. She says finding good help has been difficult, which was a big driver for her family to choose that particular sign. A lot of people that we've hired has been a little bit not wanting to work. There's really no worth ethic behind them. So I guess that's the meaning behind the non-stupid. Dunnigan says someone called in a fake order of over 100 bucks Thursday night in response to it. It was about 10 pizzas, I believe. We made the order. He called back and he actually ended up talking down to one of our employees, said that our pizza sucks and he's canceling the order. Someone admitted to placing the fake order. Well, there's the lead. Who cares about the sign? Man orders $100 worth of pizza and then calls back and says it sucks. <laughs> Film at 11. In this Facebook post, we tried to reach out, but the account was deactivated. Oh. So what did the shop do with all that food? Yes. They gave it to the community. Since we don't really enjoy wasting food here, we always think... There's the other lead. Pizza shop doesn't enjoy wasting food. <laughs> like others do. You know, we enjoy, what we really enjoy is a nice afternoon of wasting food. Well, That's we what we enjoy. It. Well, I, here, this is what a family you'll enjoy for a long time. Well, we make one sandwich for the customer, we make another one, and we just throw that one in the garbage. Because we enjoy man, wasting that, food. That, you know, <laughs> someone else in need is out there who can actually enjoy this food. Okay, there we go. I mean, I can't believe it. Who's going to have a problem with the sign? I would, if I was living down the street or I would live in Columbus, I would buy pizzas from those guys because I appreciate their sense of humor. And it is hard to find good people. We used to drive past this place every year on our way to Ocean City, New Jersey. I'm like, Dad, can we go there? Can we go there? We're starving. Can we go there? It looks like a nice restaurant. We're not going there. We're not going there. We drive by. It looks like a really, Dad, they've got like stuff out front and like toys and said, We're not going in there. And then one day we drove by, had a big sign out front, Cherry. It said, Due to your poor patronage, we are closed. Well, I hope your dad was happy. (laughs) Hope your dad was happy they had to waste food. I hope he enjoyed them wasting food because that's what they had to do, probably. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. Think about that. The owner puts the sign up, not just like out of business, but it's your fault. Due to your poor patronage, we are closed. Like your fault. Not that we were serving crappy food or the bathroom was disgusting or something else. It's your fault. You people driving by. Right. Don't take responsibility for it. (laughs) Why would you? When it's your dad's fault. If he just stopped a couple times, gotten you a toy outside and a food inside, they'd still be there today. His fault. This, uh, if you are not getting paid as much as you think and you think you're smarter than somebody else, a new study comes out that says you're right. Those who get paid the most aren't always the smartest. Do we need a study on this one? No kidding. Uh, they yes. So this was a this was done in Sweden. So you always have to kind of take that into account when you consider these studies. And it was, um, I guess, there was about sixty thousand people involved in this study, and they studied men at eighteen or nineteen, and then what their earnings were between thirty-five and forty-five. They gave them mm-hmm. a pretty standardized intelligence test. And they found that the people in top positions making the most money weren't any smarter cognitively yeah. than people that were making 
way less than that. Now, they admit mm-hmm. that these didn't account for non-cognitive abilities, such as, yeah. you know, being able to be motivated, social skills, all that stuff, which can actually help you enormously in getting advancement in, in work. Um, but they do think that this is... Um, this is what they say. The decisions that top earners make are consequential for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. we as a society might want to have the right people in those top positions. I'm not sure if what that means is that we want to make sure we have the most the people with the highest IQs. Eh, I don't know. I, you think at a certain point IQ, IQ counts for something if you want to get a job at that pizza shop in Columbus. And then the other part of it is there's other attributes that you have that maybe you're not the smartest, but maybe you're better at managing people or you're better at, you know, sales or something else that comes into it. They don't have the highest IQ. Have, have you ever taken an IQ test? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, I won't ask the next question. <laughs> I had to I take the I, I did too. I, I, I had to take it for <laughs> this. I took this test to get on this medicine for ADD and ADHD, which was really four or five days of testing. So I take an IQ, very high in verbal, mathematics and spatial relations and this other stuff, I scored, I think, 90-something. It's. I had the exact same experience. I don't remember yeah. what the test was for. In verbal, I was off the charts. Yes. In math and the other things, I was at a remedial level. I mean, I was I was below average, way below average on that. <laughs> they do, they do. I was below so, the chart. I yeah, was off I, the I, chart on the verbal thing, yep. and then the math thing. But then I yelled at her, "I'm so rich, I'll hire someone <laughs> to do the math for me." Yeah, did you do the uh, the shape thing where you had to oh, like yeah. I, associate? Oh, I couldn't do around. any of them. I couldn't either. do anything. And she kept oh. handing them to me, and she goes, try again. And I said, to flip it over, make these things. I go, you know what? You know what? I can't do it. I can't do it. Okay? I can't do it. She goes, you seem to be getting upset. I said, yeah, because this is embarrassing. Because she goes, you want to try again? You have 15 more seconds. No. And I just pushed the whole thing back at her. And then I think I yelled something about being rich. And <laughs> I don't need to do this. I can hire people like you to do it for me. To move around blocks. Let me tell you something. I'm so rich, I don't need to move blocks around, okay? All right? That's how rich I am. All right? Move your own blocks. God, was that embarrassing. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. More snow forecasted, huh? More snow on the way. Jacob, when's that starting? Tonight? Tomorrow? Uh, I'm not sure. I uh, flew out of SeaTac on Saturday, Sherry. I got up at two thirty in the morning and drove, drove, uh, drove in there, and uh, supposed to fly out at seven o'clock. Would land in Reno at nine o'clock. Would take a nap for a couple of hours. Um, stayed at a crappy hotel, by the way. Have you know? And then I would go do this auction. Well, the flight got delayed, and then got delayed, and got delayed, and then it got delayed again, and then got delayed again. And then all of a sudden, I realized, oh, my God, I'm not going to make it to Reno. So I called Nicole, and she's like, okay, here's what you have to do. You've got to run down to the Delta counter. So I'm running the Delta. She goes, wait, don't buy the ticket yet, because they just closed I-80, which is the road that you need, because you're going to have to drive from Sacramento to Reno. They closed it because of snow. Don't get on that one. Run back to the Alaska Airlines counter and see if the flight is still there. So I start to head back, and then she calls back. They opened up I-80 again. Quick, get back to Delta. So I run back to the Delta. 
And I said to the lady, do you have a seat? She goes, uh-huh. And she does that clicky, clicky, clicky thing with the typing and then goes, that'll be $1,800. I I got to get on that plane. This going to Sacramento. Yep. So I'm going to fly from Seattle to Sacramento, get in the car, drive three hours, get to Reno. So I'm stressed and feeling sorry and I'm angry and I'm mad about a bunch of things. And as I walk onto the plane, I see this woman seated there in the front row there. And she looks very ill. I mean, really sick. And she's young. She's probably in her, I'm going to guess, late 30s. But because of this coloring of her skin and the weight loss, she looks like she could be 80 or 100. Little girl sitting next to her and her husband to the seat to the left. So it's one seat left and two on the right. He looks like he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. I touched him on the shoulder. I said, God bless your wife. He looked up at me. Thank you. I sat down. I thought, I don't have any problems. I got no problems. I don't care. I'll drive, right? I don't care. What does it matter? Get the car and I drive from Sacramento to Reno. I'm, I'm lucky. I looked at them. I watched because where I was sitting, I could see them. Just, oh my God, the pain I felt. And you could just see her sitting and just trying to, all the strength that she could have to sort of occasionally talk to her child. And it's, it's at those times where you realize if I just open up my eyes, just change the view I have just a little bit, just change the perception of where your life is in comparison to others. And all of a sudden the world rushes in and says, you know what? You don't have it so bad, right? And it was the greatest relief. Then I just figured, well, I'm on the plane. I'll get the car. I'll drive, you know, so it's three hours before I won't get the nap. But, you know, that's a little bit of Red Bull comes into play. So it was a wonderful weekend. That's great. And I mean, your perspective can change on a dime. I know that when I was working at the station doing of traffic and I was working at Mm -hmm. Metro Traffic, there was a lady that um, cleaned up the place and she was the happiest person and she revealed to me one day that um, she had a difficult life. She would clean another place all day long and then come into the building at night and clean this building. Her husband was disabled and was dying of cancer um, and she had to make all the money she could to be able to do Mm -hmm. that and and for Christmas she gave me a little keychain. Hmm. And I kept that keychain with me for years to remind me to shut up whenever I felt when I was complaining about oh, yeah. not, you know, having to, I don't know, that didn't like the color of my hair or some insignificant problem. Mm-hmm. I always held on to that, look at that keychain and it said, yeah. you, you are the luckiest person in the world. Stop it. Yes. There is a great commencement speech, 2005. Recommend this to anybody. It's called This is Water Water, by David Foster Wallace. Did you ever hear it? Yes. Yes. 2005, David Foster Wallace, This is Water. If you, I send that to my kids every year. Yeah. I know you don't, I know you're letting out, watch, guys, please watch this. Please watch this. Incredibly powerful. Really? Yeah. All right. We were supposed to talk about something else, but I thought I'd share that.